Hobby Addicts の時間です。It's time for Hobby Addicts. And now, here are your anime addicts. Oh my god, it's time for Hobby Addicts, episode whoop, whoop. 287. Oh boy, I'm here in the house. Very feeling very relaxed today. I'm joined by Caroline. Caroline, what is up? Oh, nothing much. Just hanging out, as you said. Got back from a family birthday party yesterday. So yeah, busy weekend, but today I decided to just relax. Well, alrighty then. And we also have Mason. How are you, Mason? I'm doing alright. Uh, not so relaxing.、Oh, I mean,、no. it's a nice day. I'm doing fine. It just hasn't been a like kick the feet up, sit back, enjoy the Sunday vibes. It's been more busybody work today. So, still doing well. Thank you for asking. Alright, l well, whatever day you're having at home listening, I hope it's a great one. On Hobby Addicts today, we are going to talk. Uh, Mitch is lagging behind, but I am going to be、uh, talking about Fire Emblem Three Houses because I've played a lot of that this week.、Uh, Caroline is going to discuss The Guy Who Didn't Like Musicals.、Um, It's a it, musical about the guy who didn't、oh、like musicals. My, how, how tongue in cheek. How meta. <laughs> I love it already. Yeah. <laughs> Mason's going to discuss The History of the Atlanta Falcons, which I feel like you've done one of these before. Have you not? I've talked about this YouTube channel before, but this、I、is、see. a brand new one. All right, well, we'll hear about that. And、uh, Caroline, if we have time, John Mulaney from Scratch. I don't, I don't know what that is. Could be a book. Oh, it's, it's a stand up boy. Yeah, John Mulaney's a comedian, and he、oh. actually went to Bethel Woods, which is, I don't know if people know this, that's the location of Woodstock, not Woodstock, New York. F Woodstock, New York. It's Bethel. That's where Woodstock happened. <laughs>、um, so, yeah, anyway, so he went, he's touring and he was at Bethel Woods on Friday night and I managed to get tickets to go. So, yeah. Oh, so, very nice. Talk about that. All right. Well,、um, I'm going to start with Mason today because I don't want to talk too long about Fire Emblem. Oh, and I wanna, and、uh, it is football season now, officially. So, the history of the It is. This is the、Falcons. first football Sunday of the 2021 season. And yeah, so I'm not the largest football fan, but I am a fan of long form YouTube content to get me through my week. I, I love like cuddling up in bed with like a 50 minute long, like summoning salt speed running video that I've talked about before, or any just like long video that like takes me days and days to watch. Uh, over the course of my life, I, you know, I'll watch 10 <laughs> minutes while I'm like eating lunch at work. I'll watch 20 minutes on the elliptical after a workout. I'll, you know, if it's audio based, I'll listen to it while I drive. Like, I, I love that kind of content. And I've talked about John Boyce before and kind of the conglomerate of sports videos that you can find on the YouTube channel called Secret Base. And starting about three weeks ago, they started their. Epic seven part series, each video ranging between like 45 minutes to an hour and a half about the history of the Atlanta Falcons, a、uh, comical football team. Oh, yeah. 
that has been around <laughs> since like the mid 60s, I think. And they essentially yeah. step through over the course of these seven episodes, the last of which came out uh, a couple days ago. Uh, they step through kind of the not just, oh, this guy, they played football and this is why they won or lost their games, but the like political, uh, economical, cultural, just the entire climate of football and everything that surrounds it of Atlanta, global politics, national news, like major events and kind of how all that feeds into the story of this team. And they, you know, do it with a bunch of different writers and narrators, these amazing graphics. It's very numbers based, but even if you are not a fan of football, I love their videos because they tell you, you know, a story of everything going around it and why these games about sports balls matter or have an impact beyond just oh, the guy made a cool catch. Like, everything that goes into that catch and how this guy ended up on this team after his dad played on this team and got rejected and used that to hold a grudge over years. And, like, all these massive, important figures, big and small, the way that they tell the story is kind of, like, epic and chilling and motivational and super engaging. And I love this stuff. So I I know I've definitely talked about their videos before. And, you know, having watched no less than you know seven hours about the <laughs> this football team uh I'd, I'd recommend this as well if you like content like that did, did, just did, long stuff did they discuss the uh epic collapse of the super bowl for the Atlanta i mean Broncos? essentially the it starts off with the whole 28 to 3 meme and kind of how did we get here and the whole seventh episode which is an hour and a half long i'd say I'd say like well over an hour of it is devoted to the game itself. And can, yeah, sorry. go ahead. I was just wondering, cause I don't know much about the Atlanta Falcons. Can you like name <laughs> why they're so important they're for not. somebody who doesn't know much about football? You, you should watch these videos, but essentially but like, I don't want to watch seven hours. Well, you can start off interested. with watching a little bit of it and see sell if you're engaged, it. but I should sell you on it because the, Falcons are a team that have struggled almost their entire time. They've always been irrelevant. They've always been <laughs> the the laughing stock of the league. Aww. And well, essentially, Cleveland Browns are pretty bad too. True, true. But the Falcons have always just been miserable. And the only thing that they've had to fight for is essentially their rivalry with the New Orleans Saints, uh, a team that's also been equally bad for much of their career. Uh, until, you know, one day the Saints started turning it around and eventually went on to win a Super Bowl. And, you know, the Atlanta Falcons have always had skilled players and exuberant characteristics. They've gone through uh, eras where they've been the bad boys of the NFL. They've gone through eras where they've had MC Hammer as their hype man, like on the sidelines with them at oh games. They had they've had Vick. some of the most like talented people of all time, like Deion Sanders and Michael Vick, like who literally changed not only their position, but like what you could do in that sport and kind of revolutionized the game only to have that come crashing down with, you know, allegations and like, being sent to prison and all sorts of things. You've had great like coaches that leave the team for no reason. You've had weird coaches that actively talk about not leaving the team and then sign deals with other teams the next day to get out of there. 
you have like so many characters that like f- feed into this team that when they finally do get their essentially one big shot to win the Super Bowl against, I mean, I'm sure one person on this podcast might disagree, <laughs> but arguably the most disliked team uh, in all of football because of the dynasty and how good they are and how much of, you know, the Yankees like yeah. larger than life persona that the Patriots have fostered over decades of success to like have this David versus Goliath story and build up to why that all fell apart. And you know what happens. They don't they don't hide the secret. The whole point of this is they squandered one of the biggest leagues or biggest leads in all of football history in the biggest game. I'm pretty sure it and was had the biggest a col- lead in yeah, the Super Bowl. A colossal meltdown in the most important game, not only for this team's history, but one could argue for the entire nation of wow. America. When did and, they go to the Super Bowl? Uh, just a couple years ago in yeah. uh, 2016. Huh. Yeah, I do not about recall right. the very Falcons along being in the, the lines of when the uh, presidential election was going on, and all of that feeds into it. And essentially, you know what's coming, and it's like a, a a train that's been slowly building up steam for decades and decades. And you know and then that just the wall is there, at full speed. and you know this crash is coming, but you can't <laughs> look away. And they tell you with numbers, they tell you with emotional feelings, they tell you with all these different stories on why you should care and why you know it is worth listening to but you know you know it's all going to end in failure and it's hilarious it's that a comedy act for like the ages that does sound like a pretty good sale you did well there mason so you know they have other videos that aren't as long or not like multi-part stuff but i do enjoy this kind of stuff and i'm not going to say i'm going to cheer for the falcons now but now watching them on these sundays if i do see them I'll know. I'll know just a little bit. A small part of me can say, ah, I know those lovable losers. Well, they, well, well, they lost very I badly. I watched a seven-part YouTube video all about them. <laughs> exactly. I am Atlanta. Well, they lost 32-6 to six today by at home to a team that's also... Uh, to Eagles? Dead. Yeah, to a team that's yeah. also not very good. So, Oh, boy. So it's a great start uh, to the year. And then there was yeah, I mean, losing his <laughs> That <shit>. really should be surprised. <laughs> you should have seen me losing my shit during that Super Bowl game in my vice president's living room. <laughs> oh yeah, I like lost my I was like losing my mind. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe a small part of Mitts will like appreciate the other side of the story. I don't think I don't think he'll like the ending of this thing, but it is kind of amazing how this like sh- it's not shoddily put together, but it has a very distinct like visual flair that is simple and it's amazing how it can like an episode will end and like tease what's about to happen next and it's some of the most hype things like even more hype than like attack on titan or stuff like that like it just gets you like oh my goodness i gotta watch the next episode so that's enough rambling about the history of the atlanta falcons speaking of which the the most hated team in the nfl according to bleacher report as of this this recent Oh no, this is really old. Like, never mind. This is too old to be to be used, really. But I I always thought that the Dallas Cowboys were the most hated team in the NFL. People, yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty well Jones. disliked. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, well, cool. Uh, I probably won't check that out honestly, but I am uh, glad you enjoyed it, and uh, I will settle for just watching copious amounts of football. How about that? There you go. Glad that you uh, you have it back. I love reading my book to football. Football is the best sport to read to. 
All right, Caroline, let's see here. We have the guy who didn't like musicals, and I've seen quite a quite a few musicals live, so kind of interested to hear, to hear what you thought of this one, and as you discuss it, I'm going to see what musicals are coming to Denver this next year. Okay, so this actually I did not see in person. This was a YouTube musical by a I guess it's a, I guess it's like a company or a group called Team Star Kid. If you don't know who they are, they made the Harry Potter parody musicals, a Harry Potter musical, um, in their sequel. Um, they, they have like three of those, and then they made a uh, kind of like a Wicked inspired version of Aladdin called Twisted, where it follows Jafar and like and um, you know gives him like an like a uh, sent or what's it called? Uh, like you feel for him. Uh, What's emotional the word? <laughs> connection. No, it's like um, sympathetic. That's the word I was going for. Sympathetic uh, version of the story, and they make a whole bunch of other musicals. In fact, this this whole group started up and went like from the University of Michigan or something like that, and it was led by Darren Chris, who is now like a massive actor. He was in Glee. Um, was is in a, quite a few things actually. So, um, but yeah, originally he played Harry Potter and he did music and all that stuff. So yeah, these are all musicals that they've done and they put them onto YouTube for free. So they write the scripts, they make the music, and by all means, they are they are really good musicals. Uh, so this one has been out for a little while, but I've never watched it. I've only really ever seen the Harry Potter musicals they've done and Twisted. Um, so this one was the only original one that I've seen of that from them so far. And it is basically about a guy, Paul. He really does not like musicals. Paul, yeah, not a musical fan. But uh, one day, a meteor crashes into their small town. And it is revealed that this meteor carries a hive mind alien virus of some sort. And it starts infecting everyone in town with the urge to sing and dance and to further infect other individuals, and then they combine into this hive mind who is intent on, I don't know, just ruling the world. So you can only imagine how frightening that is to Paul uh, to see everyone he knows and loves start to sing and dance. <laughs> Fuck happiness. Yeah, yeah. So he he hates all this, and um, so then it's kind of like it kind of follows the same um, kind of story of a zombie apocalypse, really. Uh, and yeah, so it, it's pretty good. It was funny. I like Paul, even though I love musicals. I, you know, I thought that was great. And yeah, songs are pretty good too. So I, I would recommend it. Uh, I don't know if I could recommend it to people who actually don't like musicals because this isn't like a, a musical for people who don't like musicals despite what the title of the musical is. But it's for free on YouTube and uh, Team Star Kid does some pretty good stuff. So if you, I recommend this. And of course, I recommend the Harry Potter parody musicals because those are hilarious. And Twisted is like one of their best ones. <laughs> I'm still trying to see the Book of Mormon again, but... I've never seen it, but I really want to. I'm trying to see where it's touring right now because it's not coming to Denver, so... I don't know. I'm looking around here. We'll see. But, uh... Interesting. So you watch that on YouTube. Hmm. Are those mm -hmm. the people who did the the Dragon Ball parodies? I feel like that had the word star in it too, but maybe that's just because of the. Uh, I don't think it's the same people. Um, but okay. I, I know what you're talking about. All right. Well, um, do you have you seen musicals in person? Are you like a 
I'm big oh, fan. Oh wait, it was it Team Four Star? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah, maybe that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I do love musicals. I haven't been to one in a while for obvious reasons, but um, yeah. yeah. Looking forward to going to see another Broadway show, but the thing is, is that they've only just reopened, so I imagine any tickets are pretty expensive. Being swiped up, yeah. Yeah, and typically I would be interested in just going to the uh, ticket booth in Times Square where you can get discounted tickets for last-minute shows, but even those, I'm sure, are going to be snatched up very quickly. All right. Cool beans. Well, we'll swing back around to Caroline for the for John Mulaney from scratch. John Mulaney. I guess I'll punch this in. It's his name I so guarantee familiar. you've seen his face before. <laughs> yeah, because he's pretty. He like has quite a few uh, comedy specials on Netflix that are very popular. You guarantee and, uh, it. He is a. Uh, he's got some drama in his life right now, which I will also cover a Ooh, little bit later. Spicy. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think someone like him. You would not associate the word spicy with. I wouldn't call it spicy. It's more like life is spiraling out of control. Really, <laughs> he looks familiar, sort of. He's extremely yeah, wide set eyes. He's also on SNL. Very strange. He was also on SNL. He has extremely wide set eyes. I don't know. It's very odd. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. Uh, Fire Emblem Three Houses, like five years late, basically. Uh, how old is this game? Uh, I didn't think it was that old. I don't know. Let's see. Came out in 2019, so it's about two years old. Have you guys played this? Nope. I have not. All right. Well, Fire Emblem is a strategy RPG series that is a Nintendo property. So if you want to play this game, it won't matter if you wait 10 years or 20 years. It'll still cost $60. Mark, mark, mark. Because that's just how Nintendo is. They're just like taskmasters. Um, So Fire Emblem, Emblem Three Houses is... I wanted to find a new game to play with Pancake because... I had just been pretty much just playing on my own for a while, and she was doing her own thing. And um, we grabbed up Fire Emblem at the uh, suggestion of one of my good buddies who lives in Florida, and we downloaded it on, downloaded it for the Switch. But it's it's only on the Switch, by the way. And it's um it's it's a pretty good game, and and let me tell you why. First of all, so the game has multiple play modes in it. So this is like a, this is a very unique sort of franchise in that. Um, it has a it has a play, it has a mode of play called classic mode where if your characters die in the field of battle, you lose them forever. So they don't come back. So it does raise the stakes a little bit when you're playing. And this is a grid based RPG, kind of like your Disgaea's, your XCOMs, you know, this, your Final Fantasy Tactics. So there's a number of these games that are like on a grid, and you know, you're like, you have a certain amount of movement, so you can move your characters, and then, you know. They attack and you can defend or whatever. It's just um, you know another installment in that genre, which is by the way, uh, uh, it's one of my favorite game genres. But it's not very very prevalent anymore. Like you don't really see too many um, like grid based strategy games these days. So it's you used to see them, but you don't see them too much now. And it starts off this game with like the story of this. The game doesn't have much of a story at this point. I mean, there's like 25 chapters in the game, and I think we're on like chapter 8, but we've been playing it for a pretty long time now, uh, taking our time with it, and I would say that like there's almost no story at all at this point in the game. You basically start off at, at this as a as this main character that you name, so you pick whatever name you want to name him, and you're sort of just 
caught up in a skirmish in some random place with some bandits. And at the end of the skirmish, this guy comes in and he recognizes somebody who's with you. And it, the guy who's with you is your father, by the way. And the father is like a, is this ex knight of Saros, it's called. And the guy's like, oh my God, I recognize you, sir, blah, 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 whatever your name is. You know, you left the Knights of Saros 20 years ago, and you absolutely must come to the monastery with us so that you can, you know, do whatever. And so he feels compelled to go with the guy back to the monastery where the knights are trained. And so you go back, and you become, and you as the character that you name, becomes a knight, or becomes a, a professor of the knights at the monastery. And it and at this point, the game really becomes, it, it, it has adopted a play style that is very, very reminiscent of Persona. So those of you that have played Persona, and I know, I'm sure at least one, I'm, I mean, I know Mason, you've played Persona. Have you played Persona, Caroline? I have not. All right, well, I assume much of the audience has played Persona 4 or 5 as well. Because, like, in those games, there's a calendar, and it's like, oh, today's August 9th. What are you going to do? And you can, like, go to the market, or you can go fishing or you can go eat ramen or whatever the fuck. And depending on what you choose, it will increase your stats or increase your relationships with other characters and, 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 and whatnot. And so, and then, but you have like a finite amount of time to, to do all the things that, you know, that you want to do until you, until the game reaches a certain point in the calendar year. And then like, it just progresses the story. And then at a certain date, it will end. The story ends one, one way or the other. And Fire Emblem is the exact same way. So this, it didn't used to be this way, I don't believe, but now it is. The last Fire Emblem game I played was Awakening, which is on the 3DS. And in this game, you can do all sorts of things in the monastery. You can run around and, like, get these, like, really, honestly, they're pretty boring, but, like, these little quests from characters that will, where the game shows you exactly where you need to go on the map to complete the quest. So there's really not much effort uh, involved in completing them. You can fish, you can garden, you can have dinner with, like, people from the school. You can do training with, like, other professors. You can do, like, tournament battles and, the you know, whatever. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff you can do. And and it's just like I described, you know, you're building relationships with, with other um, students and developing your skills for yourself and for your students along the way. And you have to pick a house as you start the game. So you have, like, it's very much like Pokemon uh, Go, I guess, because there's a red, yellow, and blue house. <laughs> yep. And, and and so right off the bat, you have to decide who you want to join. And each, each um, color, each class, I guess, has a leader. And so you pretty much are going to pick based on the leader. And... The, the red team has a girl, and she's she was definitely somewhat of a... What is the word? I don't know. She's just not... She's a bad attitude, I guess. And so... Okay. Yeah, she was just, like, very, very, like, bitchy towards the other characters, just not friendly at all, and, and also just too serious. And then, like, there's, like, the yellow guy who's sort of, like, the fun dude, and he kind of reminds me of Kazuo, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and then there's the blue guy who's like more of the normal knight, yeah, blonde-haired dude. So we picked him. Uh, we, we we picked the blue guy. So we're team blue, I guess. Okay, I was gonna say the uh, the guy who voices the yellow guy, Claude, is who one of the people I interviewed at Otakon. Oh, uh, okay. 
uh, Joe Zija. So I promise eventually that podcast will come out. <laughs> so stay tuned for that. But uh, anyway, you picked the blue guy. You picked the blue guy. And so, but there's, all, but there's all these other characters from these other houses. These other, I guess they're houses. I don't know. It's like fucking, have, it feels like Hogwarts at some, to some extent. Uh, it's literally called the three houses, right? Yeah. Literally. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> and um, there's no sorting hat. You get to pick your own team. But like, you know, but but there's a, but there's students from other teams that they either have really great character designs and you want them or they're cute or you want like the big hulking guy because you think he's going to be a good fighter or, or whatever it is. And so you're definitely like targeting other characters because if you want certain characters to join you, you they, they're like, oh, we really like, like there's this, there's this one girl that forever, for whatever reason, we've decided we, we, we want her on our team. And she's like this, very like socially awkward girl with like blue hair who I think is a is a healer and so we we, we want her on our team because she's a healer and she also likes horses and so we think we can slap her on a horse and have her have have like a lot of mobility to kind of like dash around the battlefield and heal people so that's what we want her to do um but we haven't acquired her yet even though you know we're third of the way through the game because you have to build up like your your riding stat or whatever in order to get them to, to join you and we haven't we haven't managed to get anybody to join us yet but i imagine it will happen soon and um the game has been good uh there are there are ways in which the game is a little bit disappointing the game is very easy for a strategy game we have it on we have it on hard mode and we have it on classic mode so theoretically uh it should be a hard game, as the as the difficulty level would describe, and we should be losing characters from our school left and right because it's a strategy game. And if you've ever played like Disgaea uh, or Final Fantasy Tactics, you almost never make it through a battle without losing somebody. It's like almost impossible. Like these games are difficult, and you're not meant to flawlessly conclude every battle. It's just not how it goes in these games. But in this game, even on hard mode. It's pretty, it's pretty, we haven't lost anybody yet, and we're on, we're, we're a third of the way through the game. Furthermore... That's kind of a shame, because the whole intensity is, obviously you don't want to lose people, but these aren't just characters you lost. These are people that you spent, like, real time, like, upping your, like, relationship stats with, and, like, fostering developments with, and, like, training and improving. Right, yep. So, like, to lose someone isn't just, oh, no, I don't have them to pick anymore. It's all that time you spent building them up is now squandered. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, that's pretty much exactly right. And the the stakes should be really high for the game, but they're just not at this point. Um, because you know, like downstairs right now at this exact moment, Pancake's playing the game downstairs and she's doing all these battles. And I'm sure she's having no trouble whatsoever defeating all the enemies. And so, um, furthermore, unlike Sekiro, which is a game that like auto saves like every four seconds. This game does not autosave, and so if you're getting your ass absolutely just whooped in a battle, you can just turn the game off and then start the battle over. <laughs> so, so I mean, we don't really need to do that because the game's not really that hard, but, if you, but, but I did test it, and it is possible that if you want to, you can just turn the game off, and then it's fi everything's fine. Also, the game lets you rewind the battle three times, three times per fight. So if you, if you fuck up, you make the wrong move, or if someone dies, which has happened to us, the game has a mechanic that is built into it where three times a battle you can rewind any number of turns you want and change how you strategized in order to avoid having someone die. So that's a long way of saying the game is really easy. <laughs> There's, I, I, uh, I can't even imagine what this game is like on normal mode 
and or I don't and I don't even know why an easy mode exists. Like it's it, it, it's beyond me. I mean, there are characters in this game. Uh, we have a guy named Dudu on our team, and he's like this big axe guy. <laughs> are you sure it's not Dudu? Yeah, I I called him Deduce <laughs> for a while, but you know, but uh, <laughs> but we can call him Dudu if you want. So, no, no, he sounds like a nice lad. Well, he'll just stand there and like brought like wide out in the open, and like an enemy will attack him. And the enemy will come at him, and and with like an, with like an, another guy with an axe will attack him, and he'll come at him, and he's either he either he he will either miss, or he will hit deduce to do whatever his name is for like three <laughs> damage, and then to do will counterattack for like the the guy's entire life bar. That's pretty much how this how these battles go. Um, so it's it that's a really long way for me to say that the game's just really easy. It's um, people are talking on the Discord about it and. I think there's pretty much agreement that the game is is too easy, um, but you know that being said, we really enjoyed the game so far. It's it's quite oh, good. Nice. It's quite good. It has great ratings pretty much everywhere. Um, I don't think it has like the best ratings for a Fire Emblem game, but it's it's pretty strong, and um, it's just generally fun. Like there's an awful lot of stuff you can do in the school. You can like have classes where you teach your your students. When they get to a certain level, you can evolve them, so to speak, into a different class. So it's just like Final Fantasy Tactics. When your guy would get to like level twenty, you could change them from a from like a mage to a a time mage or something. Well, in this game, you know, we, we've had characters go from like the normal or starting class to uh, we had a girl go to um, like a warlock or something, and now she's like a full on mage. So like she's it changed her class a few times. We now have people on horses. On horseback, you can get people on. Uh, you can get uh, people that are flying on wyverns. You can get people that are flying, uh, um, like like uh, pegasuses. They're called pegasus knights, and uh, a number of other types of classes that are pretty interesting. And uh, oh, nice! And you said you're eight chapters in. Yeah, I think we're about eight eight chapters in. And how it. long has that been, like time wise, like sixteen hours? Um. Because I assume it's one of those, like, you know, JRPG, like, 50, 60-hour games. Um, I think it's been about 20 hours, probably. Let me just look this up on how long to beat, and we'll see how long um, the the internet says this game should take. Fire Emblem Three Houses is a 50-hour game, and Completionist is 200 hours, but I think this is a game that just kind of ends, and then you, like, I don't think you can... It's not like you can just play it forever. It, It will end eventually. So... But yeah, so it's about fifty hours, and I'd recommend it if people want a strategy game. It's particularly if you're new to strategy games, because I really think this game is very forgiving. Um, it's uh, oh, in addition, and oh yeah, I forgot to say this. This is kind of annoying, and this is a gripe of mine, because overall I think the game is great. I'd probably give it like eight, nine out of ten ish, but the um, probably like an eight. But the um, the game shows you. How much damage you're going to deal with an attack, and it also shows you what percent chance you have to hit the enemy. So they give you an awful lot of information with which to to make like a choice about like how you're going to proceed in a battle. But also the game shows you who the enemy is going to attack on their next turn, which is really, really, really generous. Um, there's like a red line that will come out of the enemy, and it will attach to one of your characters, and you and that will indicate who they're going to attack. And you can actually change the location of your of like if you were to move a character 
like up and to the right or up and to the left or straight. Like you can actually see the enemy changing who they're attacking based on where you've moved your character. Um, and so you can almost manipulate where the, how the, how the enemy actually will attack simply because they let you know who they're going to choose. So you can almost kind of dictate how the enemy will, will pursue you <laughs> based on how you move your characters. Um, which is something that normally you would have to just do by making just general assumptions about how an, a, um, a logical, what a logical choice would be based on your movement. Like, if you have, like, the mage way up in the front, of course they're going to attack the mage. Like, that's obvious. Um, you know, you don't need to have a line tell you to do that. But in this game, if you were to move, like, a swordsman up next to the, to the mage, it, the enemy might change their target to the swordsman, and you can actually see that. So it's it's pretty easy. <laughs> they give you so much information. It's it's pretty easy to uh, to deal with with uh, pretty much any challenge that the game throws at you. But it is pretty good, um, and I think that Nintendo doesn't have a lot of franchises like this. So this is a pretty uh, unique uh, type of game for Nintendo because they don't. It's mostly like platformers and like goofy sports games and stuff. And and um, this is definitely different. So, and the voicing, the voices and the art are really good. So, it's 100% voiceover. Although I haven't heard Claude talk much. Fair enough. Well, we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> he has great hair. Claude. Does. I've, I've I've never played the game, but I, I feel like I have to pick uh, the what is it? The Golden Deer. I, I have to what... pick the the Yellow House because he's my boy now. I mean, you can recruit Claude still, even at, he can, like, I don't know how that works. Like, he's going to, like, betray his team or some shit, but... Uh, we'll find out. I mean, I'm sure people play this game on easy mode because they want, you know, the story and the writing, which is probably uh, a fair bit better than your normal RPG game. I actually think, I actually think there's almost no story whatsoever at this point. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the story... I described every bit of the story for through one-third of the game. <laughs> so, I'm not really sure, but... There's plenty of waifus and husbandos to go around because pretty much every character in this is like some attract is like attractive to somebody. There are there they all the anime character designs in this are very um, pleasant to look at. I would say so. People will people will find their waifu and will try to recruit them for sure. <laughs> I'm sure of it. There we go. That's that's what the game's about. Let's let's not kid ourselves. Yeah, 100. <laughs> percent all right, uh, moving back to Caroline, I think, here, because Paul Mullaney has some, some life drama. John Mullaney. Whatever, whatever. Paul Mullaney. Do I know? Oh, oh I know a Paul Delaney, I think. And I also yeah, said Paul also, earlier yeah. because he's the main character of the guy who doesn't like musicals, so maybe that also helped. <laughs> I see. Well, what is wrong with Mr. Johnny Boy? Okay, so John Mullaney is a very popular comedian, especially from YouTube. Or, sorry, not, or Netflix is what I meant to say. Um... And the thing is, is that the past year has been really rough uh, because he went to rehab uh, for, you know, drug abuse and all that. Um, he also divorced his wife, of whom he has mentioned in, in uh, more than once in his shows, his comedy shows, uh, that he loves very much. And, like, she's mentioned in some of his um, life stories that he makes into jokes. And also the fact that he does not want kids and that is the reason why they have their dog, Petunia. Uh, the thing is, is that recently he divorced his wife and then immediately started dating Olivia Munn and then got her pregnant. So, yeah, n not a lot of people are happy with him. <laughs> and, of course, like, uh, like, it's not none of our business what he does with his life, but 
we all really like him from his comedy skits and we like the fact that oh he loves his wife and oh he loves his dog and oh he probably doesn't want kids so the fact that that all got turned on its head uh, a lot of people were not very excited about that prospect that he's not who he I mean part uh, of his appeal is that he's very clean cut and stuff like that so to see it kind of be betrayal I could I could see that disappointment yeah, so I mean, and, and that goes for me too. I obviously should not care what another person done, does with their life. And honestly, the whole rehab thing is not a massive issue that I care about because a lot of people need to go to rehab. It's good that he went to rehab. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely say for at least myself, I know I should not care, but I still do. <laughs> um, but even so, um, a couple weeks ago, I saw an ad on Facebook that... Um, he was going to be at Bethel Woods. And I'm like, Bethel Woods? That's not too far from here. I kind of want to go. And then that's around the same time all this drama really ramped up. I'm like, ooh, but I still really want to go. So I got my sister and my dad and I tickets. Um, we went to get, we, we got lawn seats at Bethel, which I was really annoyed about because, I mean, not the fact that they were lawn seats, but the fact that these tickets were like $35. But then oh, that's you don't crazy t- cheap. Yeah, but then you 35. don't take into account the fact that you have to pay also for the fees and stuff that get added on top of that for just purchasing tickets. Well, and that's then, any ticket master type thing. Yeah, but even like anywhere that happens. Yeah. But yeah, then you can't bring your own chairs to Bethel Woods because the slope of the lawn is too dangerous for regular chairs. So not only do you have to get one of their chairs, but you also have to pay $8 for the rental. So all in all, these $35 tickets became $57 each. So a lot more than I was expecting. But still, I'm glad I go. I'm glad I went because I've been wanting to see John Mulaney uh, in person for a long time. Uh, his warm-up act, like the, 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 um... Opener. Opener. I, you know, originally I would think that opening acts are supposed to be, uh, getting people excited to see the next person in line, and this one did exactly that by making it seem like the opening act is not at all good, and so you actually want to see the main act because you know it's going to be far better. Yeah, you um, bombed so bad yeah. to get people hyped for anybody else. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that he bombed. I wouldn't say he was, like, bad, bad. Like, he's got, he got a couple laughs from me. But the thing is, is that he was so uh, dependent on making, a, like, like, cursing a lot. Like, he, and mm. just so dependent on that to make a joke funny that it means that he's not a great comedian. Um, also, did not really like his vibes. He made a couple of... Uh, kind of crass jokes that I wasn't a huge fan of, but he was okay. Finally, John Mulaney comes out. Woo! And he opens up his entire act by saying how it's amazing how um, your life can just be uh, like turned upside down in the past few weeks. And it's true because like, like, and now my reputation is very mixed. Obviously, he says it a lot funnier than I do. Um, so well, yeah, and, and so the... He, he it says was the same thing, but funny. <laughs> yeah, I can't exactly remember how he said things, but that's basically how he opens up the show is by, uh, you know, 
addressing the fact that he did divorce his wife and immediately get a woman pregnant. So, yeah, but he didn't really go much further into that aspect. <laughs> the main, the show was more about his intervention and his rehab because one day last year, uh, he was two hours late to a dinner because, for one thing, he had to go, he went to see his um, drug dealer. And another thing, at the at the same time he's supposed to be at this dinner, he goes to SNL because he used to he was a writer there and he's uh, hosted a sh- you know a couple shows there I think. So they know him there. He goes there and he gets his hair cut from the hair hair department for whatever reason. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, he becomes two hours late to this dinner. He walks in and immediately he's uh, encountered by Seth Myers. And at that point he was like, no, because Seth Myers is one of his good friends. And the only reason why he would be there is because it's an intervention. Um, so then he goes and details the star studded intervention because Seth Myers is there. Bill Hader is there. Um, and a few others he mentioned, and so, yeah, the, in, he tells the story of what they said and kind of in a, in a more humorous tone of what actually happened and his experiences in rehab, which is kind of funny because, you know, those aren't exactly very humorous things to talk yeah, about. I mean, if, if, but there's, a, if there's anything his, that's funny, it's definitely rehab. Yeah, he puts his John Mulaney spin on it. He doesn't really make fun. He doesn't make fun of people. Usually he makes more fun of himself. So that makes it a little bit better. Um but yeah, typically his jokes make fun of himself, but you can tell that this one is a little bit more on the darker humorous side. Um, I sure do hope he's doing well, though, because like you can't help but love this guy <laughs> from his comedy specials. Um, so, but I am glad I went because it was a good time, even though I was freezing cold. It was like 55 degrees what, and we were sitting on the grass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's an outdoor venue. OK, so, yeah. Who was the uh, the name of the opener? I'm trying to find Ooh, it, but I can't. I can't remember. It's like Ricky something. Gervais? I, I don't know his last name. <laughs> no, not Ricky Gervais. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I'm just trying to help. That's a good guess. That's a good guess. I don't know any <laughs> other Ricky comedians. so. No, you wouldn't know this guy. My sister apparently heard of him before, though. He was on a, a podcast of some sorts. I, I don't know which one, though. But, Yeah. I mean, he wasn't bad, bad. It's just that he definitely was not my kind of kind of comedy, and uh, yeah, was not entirely sure about his vibes. Hmm. Olivia Munn, though, huh? Hmm. Olivia Munn is pretty hot. She is hot, but she's not a good person. I don't know anything about her other than that she was on G Four Tech TV for a while. What was it? Uh, Attack of the Show. Yeah, the Attack of the Show was a good. It's a good. Um, yeah, and, uh, wasn't there a show she was on where they were, like, reviewing games all the time, or was that Attack of the Show? Am I thinking of the same thing? Uh, maybe you're thinking of Morgan Webb on... Oh, maybe. That was more of a review show. Yeah, I'm thinking... I don't know. I do not, I did not watch a lot of G4 as a kid. Mason with the names. Uh, I mainly just watched it because they did, uh, Ninja Warrior, so I would watch it for that, and then (laughs) everything else was just like, yeah, whatever, I don't care. All right. John Mulaney. Wow. What a guy. He's uh, Yep. With his very interesting face. He's <laughs> not that bad looking. I, I actually want to slap him in the face, actually. He's got, well, he's got a very slappable face. Aw. Oh, yeah. yeah. He does. He's got this, like, slick back hair and his, like, 
sticking his ears stick out like like so far. It looks like I mean he he could like get that shit caught on something, and then you know his eyes are like look like they're trying to like run away. <laughs> That's well, kind of in his, like, right in you're nose. bald. I am ha. bald. Got him. Well, at least I Got shave him. it. Well, I I recommend you at least watch one of his comedy specials on you, on Netflix because they're they are pretty funny. I'll check it out. And I wouldn't be surprised if um, this uh, show he put on was uh it, well would be eventually. It'll one probably of those go up. Ones. He's yeah. too big to not uh, monetize something like this. Oh, yeah. I'm personally I'm not, not the biggest sure. fan of his work, but mm. I'll I'll let Mitz be the judge. It's definitely yeah. I wasn't sure. How many of his uh, toured shows go onto Netflix? I know there's at least three of them on there. It's definitely sketchy that he got Olivia Munn pregnant like immediately after not being yeah. with his wife anymore. He's, he was he was definitely cheating on her. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you never know, but that's certainly a theory. Uh, it's pretty. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty likely. <laughs> oh Let's do the math there. Guy oh, I remember back traveled. in the day. When I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge his personal life, just his comedy, which I mean, uh, was, is lacking. If, if he was cheating on his wife, I'll judge him. But, um, you know, I, I remember back in the day when Olivia Munn was with Aaron Rodgers. Ah, ah those were the days. <laughs> Man. Well, all right. Anyway, this, is, <laughs> this, 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 this episode had its ups and downs. It was a fun <laughs> one, though. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we got to go do it. We have to go do our main podcast, guys. So, oh my God, so much content today. I am already tired. I'm glad I took a nap earlier. I took a nap for an hour, and I was like, I need a nap. And then I woke up, and I felt good, and I feel tired again. <laughs> oh, Is there no. time for a nap before the main show? Well, we have about one minute. <laughs> so, That's enough time. Oh my God. Maybe if you're in college and you're like <laughs> trying to catch one in between classes. All right. Bye, guys. See you later. Bye.